0: Welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Today is Sunday, September 22nd. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now, here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to Way In Sports Talk. Thanks, Michelle, for the intro, and we have a good show lined up for you tonight. Very excited to to talk some football after after Trey yesterday uh, watching the college football games. I just wasn't very excited about, about the table that we had to, to sit down and eat. There was nothing really to eat. I mean, these games were every top 25 game was
0: lopsided. Yeah, I mean all the all the number you know the ranked teams. In fact, I think in Vegas there were only actually two point spread upsets the entire weekend in college football, Tarvin. So, um, you know even so, uh, you know there were some storylines that that came out of the weekend, um, but the big dogs all won, Tarvin.
1: Yeah, I mean we're going to talk about the games that we picked. Some of the games, I mean we'll go through. But I know one of those upsets was Auburn covered the spread over LSU. Uh, But, but Trey, you know, I know you have a rant at the end of the show. I'm going to go ahead and give my rant right when we get started is this is the fourth week of college football, and you shouldn't be sitting at home with no games to watch and to see this kind of competition. I mean, this is the fourth week. I understand the first game of the season maybe or close to the end, maybe the next to last week maybe or something. But, Trey, week four in college football – I mean, they said
0: it was the worst week of college football in history, actually. Well, I mean, it was a very – we're all the ranked teams of one. I don't know if it was the – you know, it was a bad weekend overall, I thought. um, uh, Of, you know, just no real ranked teams really, you know, losing. We had some struggles, uh, but nobody really lost Harvin. And that, that happens. I mean, there are weekends in college football where we don't see big upsets. We get kind of spoiled. Seeing so many on week-to-week basis that <laughs> when we don't have it, it, it comes as a big surprise. So, you know, I, it was obviously kind of a boring weekend. I mean, I think the the only game I think that a lot of folks were real interested in was the Arizona State uh, and the you know Stanford game. And Stanford came out and dominated that game. But Arizona State, they made it a game later on. But you had to, you had to watch it until the fourth quarter, and a lot of people had turned it off by that point. Yeah, and and we're going to get into
1: our games in college football. But, Trey, this could be the calm before the storm. And if if college football disappointed you yesterday, maybe your team lost or maybe there was no games that got you excited, the NFL today, Trey, did not disappoint at all. I mean, what a weird week for the NFL. I mean, is this a a league of parity or what?
0: Yeah, I mean, the NFL has been, uh, for those who don't watch, who watch college, don't watch NFL, I mean, you really get your kicks uh, this weekend, watching the NFL, there were a lot of good games, a lot of big upsets. Uh, unfortunately, not a lot of games went down to the last wire, but some of them did. And you know, there's some surprises, Tarvin. Some surprises that even on our list of five games, uh, you know, two of those games really shocked me in the outcome. So, um, <laughs> you know, the NFL, the NFL's is not not letting us down, Tarvin. It's not. Um, I mean, I like this, I like for games to go different than
1: what i expect i mean that's what makes it exciting that's why the nfl is the most watched sport in the world i mean because people are excited i mean these guys can play ball and these are professionals but trey there's also some teams we i need to ask you tonight when we start talking about the nfl is it ready are you ready to panic if you're a fan of a certain team is it panic time and we're going to talk about these teams but let's start off in baseball real quick this is it's getting baseball time it's heating up trey the Atlanta Braves clinched the East today. I think that was the first time since, what, 2005, something like 2005, that? Yep. 2005, yep, 2005. Okay, the, since 2005, the Braves won the East. They had Tim Hudson out for a lot of year. B.J. Upton was a bust. And the Oakland Athletics, you know, they clinched the AL West. And the St. Louis Cardinals have clinched a playoff berth. Ray. So tell us your thoughts on, on the baseball. How's it going to pan out at the end here?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the playoff picture overall, I mean, you kind of have, you know, just, I mean, but let's i us let me back up a little bit, Tarvin. I mean, the AL wild card race is phenomenal right now. I mean, there are so many teams that are so close that it is just really good baseball uh, to watch. I mean, you look at, um, you know, New York's four out now; they're pretty much out. Kansas City's three and a half; they're gonna, they're probably not gonna make it. But Cleveland has taken over to over Texas, and in, in a year where you could have. <laughs> Cleveland and Tampa Bay in the postseason as wild cards, and Texas and the New York Yankees out is a crazy year in baseball. And, and, you know, it really just makes you enjoy it because, you know, know, who knew Cleveland was going to be this good? So, I mean, that race has been fun to watch because it makes more games interesting. But right now, Tarvin, I mean, it looks like, you know, the Red Sox have been dominating in the East. They're they're looking like they're going to be a strong one seed, and we're going to see an Oakland-Detroit uh, match up in the next round. Uh, so, Tarvin, I'm really interested to see Oakland if they can turn that success they've had in August and September into some October uh, loving. But, you know, and then, then the, of course, in the obviously, you know, we we talked about in the Central, uh, the NL Central, Tarvin, three teams are going to get in. Looks like St. Louis is going to win the division. Uh, but looks like both the Reds and Pirates are going to be playing their way in uh, in that wild card game, Tarvin. So, a lot, a lot of cool stuff going on in baseball. So how's it going to work out?
1: I mean, I think the Braves, tell me if I'm wrong, I think they're so far the best record in baseball on the National League side. So Cincinnati and Pittsburgh make the wild card in the National League. The winner of that will play the the number one seed, right? If Atlanta Braves have the best record, they will be hosting the winner of the wild card, correct?
0: Correct, yeah. So right now uh, the the wild card will be Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh,
2: You know, we'll talk about,
0: you know, Predictions when we get when we get all this secure, but uh, you know the Braves looking to play the winner of that game as
2: you know coming out of that
0: game, and then St. Louis and the Dodgers will play each other in the other series. So you know really really interesting matchups for the postseason in baseball, and I'm ready for it to happen. Only a few games left now, Tarvin. I'm definitely ready for postseason baseball. Yeah, for the
1: teams like Atlanta that's clinched, the Dodgers that have clinched the West, and St. Louis has a two and a half game lead. You know. Atlanta has 92 wins, St. Louis 91, and the Dodgers 90. So, Trey, the Atlanta Braves have a lot to play for, even though they've clinched. So the uh, the Dodgers, I mean, it's big to get home field advantage and, and be that number one seed, especially for a team like Atlanta. You don't want to go on the road with your pitching staff right now. I think this is going to be interesting, but, man, I think the wild card's locked up in the National League. But, Trey, are you going to go ahead and say Cleveland's going to make the uh, wild card? Give us your prediction.
0: Yeah, I, I am going to go ahead and call Cleveland in the wild card for the AL. And, I mean, just a shock. I mean, definitely not something I predicted at any, at any point in the season. You know, preseason, midway season, Cleveland was not a team uh, that I had in there. You know, both them and Kansas City, I would love to have to see Kansas City somehow get in there. I don't think it's mathematically. It's just too hard for them to do right now. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about a team – like Cleveland, just a team that needs baseball to be so good. So the Cleveland Indians, yeah, they're, they're, they hold a game and a half lead over Texas. There's still time. You know, we still have seven games or so left. So but I think Cleveland's going to hold on, Tarvin. Texas is just back in their way. I mean, they went from the number one seed in the wild card. I mean, heck, Tarvin, we're talking about in September, they were the number one seed in their division. and Now they've backed themselves all the way out of the play, playoffs. So they're in the tailspin, Tarvin, and I don't like teams in tailspins in the last week. So I'm going to go ahead and call the Cleveland, Cleveland in the playoffs.
2: I don't
1: don't think they've been in the playoffs since Serrano and, and Wild Thing and all those guys have been in there, you know. So, hey, I like the Cleveland Indians. I'm excited to see what happens, see how far they can make it in these playoffs. But, Trey, baseball is heating up, and I think it gets overshadowed a lot once football starts because I don't remember watching but maybe two baseball games since football has started up. And I know a lot of people are like that, but there's some good baseball going on. So everybody make sure you tune in. And support your teams. And the call in number tonight six four six seven one six five five six four. 646 716 5564. Trey, we missed you Wednesday night for our staff picks show. Hope everything's settled down now. I'm glad
0: you're back. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, you know, we're missing Wednesday. A lot of stuff was going on this week, so I missed it, Tarvin. But let's, do you want to start off, Tarvin, with the NFL or college tonight? Well, I want to talk,
1: I want to talk some NFL, but before we get into our picks, you know let's talk some news going on some games that didn't make the list Trey um the Carolina Panthers today and this is one team uh, I want to ask you you know the Carolina Panthers won 38 to nothing over Eli Man- Manning and the Giants and Trey they had 60 yards rushing against that Carolina defense And the Carolina defense, they had their entire secondary depleted this game. So is it time to panic if you're a New York Giants fan, Trey? I want to go ahead and say yes, it's it's time to panic because I see no way this offensive line and this team can can actually make a comeback right now.
0: No, I mean, if you're the Giants fan, uh, you know, you have to be thinking now that you're going to be out of the playoffs. I mean, I think the last time a team made the playoffs in 0-3 start was the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s. And the parity in the NFL is just too great nowadays um, for really that kind of stuff to happen anymore. I mean, 0-3 is just, I mean, they're dead in the water. And everybody kept saying, I mean, I watched ESPN, they were like, oh, the New York Giants are the most underrated 0-2 team out there. They're not going to turn the ball over like they did in the first two games every week. Well, what do we see this week, Tarvin? They coughed up the ball left and right against Carolina. And so you have to think that these guys just have I mean, three straight games with turning the ball over an enormous amount of times just shows there is something wrong with the players in that team. I mean they have the talent, they're just not gelling. So this team is I mean, even if they turn it around, Tarvin, it's gonna to be too late uh for them to make the playoffs. So they definitely need to be in emergency mode.
1: Well, it goes to show you, I mean, Eli Manning, a lot of people thought he was a top-ten quarterback, and he could be. I mean, but if you don't have an offensive line to block you and give you time to throw and to, to pave the way for the run, which opens up the passing game, you don't have a shot, and you're turning the ball over. I mean, Coughlin, has he has he lost this team really in a way that, that maybe they need to bring in a new coach, uh, somebody with a lot of fire under him because they've struggled for the last few years. But this is as bad as it gets, 0-3. And the way they've been losing, I mean, it's just embarrassing. They got they've lost to Dallas. I mean, they get, got blown out at, at yeah at Denver, and then they went to Carolina and lost thirty eight to nothing. I just don't see how they can bounce back, Trey. And I, I don't know if Coughlin's going to make it past this year, really.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, you know, he obviously has come out against his running back, and they, they just they just don't have the team they've had in, in years past. I mean, from the running game on, I think Eli is trying to do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, probably a little bit more than he should. But if you're you're the the Giants, I mean, the East this year is going to be kind of up and down. It's really competitive. You know, they can lose to everybody, and you know, the Redskins aren't playing very well either. So, you know, we'll have to see if the Giants can pull out a little bit of of, of winning streak coming up here, at Tarvin. But man, they played a tough schedule and they have looked very bad doing it.
1: Well, I'm with you. I I think it's over for them. And they're a team that's capable in the past of rallying, but I just don't see them ever getting started. I mean, that schedule gets tough. The only thing I can see positive for them is maybe the the NFC East Stray is so weak, maybe, that they could possibly get in with a losing record. You never know about that. But I just don't see that team gelling or really, like Paul said in the chat room, they look very disinterested. They don't really look like they want to be there. And another team, I know you weren't here with us Wednesday night, Cleveland traded away their first-round pick last year, Trent Richardson, and everybody thought that the Minnesota Vikings, including myself, were going to run away with this game. There was no way for Cleveland to win. Trade. Cleveland goes into Minnesota, comes back on the a, a fourth-quarter drive there at the end and gets a touchdown to win the game. Give us your thoughts. Are the Vikings that bad?
0: Well, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, the Vikings are that bad. Um, but this game is sort of a paper dragon if you're a Cleveland fan. I mean, you're talking about they had the ball. They threw the ball 54 times of Hoyer. I mean, 54 times. And their leading rusher uh, was a guy who had one rush for 34 yards. And, you know, their most um, – the guy they gave the, the ball to most was newly signed Willis McGahee, who everybody in Tennessee football and their brother picked up. Had a eight carry nine yard attempt. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that, Tarvin, <laughs> against most play most teams. I mean, I think they caught the Vikings a little off guard throwing the ball that many times. But uh, just they're they're going to lose a lot of games, Tarvin, and they're going to lose a lot of games bad. I saw a lot of Twitter comments about that trade saying, "Oh, I guess we're sorry, Cleveland. I guess you didn't know what you were doing." Wrong, Tarvin. This team doesn't know what they're doing, and we'll talk about that later in the end of the show. But fifty four times for Hoyer, they're not going to. They're not going to win a lot of games this year, Tarvin. Well, no, they're, they're not.
1: And Minnesota, it looks like to me, they're fighting to, to get in that sweepstakes to get either a Clowney or Bridgewater almost because, wow, to lose that game, I don't understand a game you can win. If you can't beat Cleveland at home without their best player, I, I just don't see who you can beat. And some other notable mentions today, the New York Jets, you know, at home, and I, I like them this weekend against the Buffalo Bills. Won twenty-seven twenty. This was a battle of the the rookie quarterbacks, and Geno Smith won it. Trey, any surprise there to you?
0: I mean, I, I'm a little surprised that the Jets are two and one. Uh, honestly, I, I thought that uh, you know, once the Jets you know were one and one, I, I gave them a good shot in this game. But I'm still surprised that they're playing this well. Um, I mean Powell had hundred almost hundred and fifty yards of rushing for them. That surprises me. Uh and then uh, Geno Smith is turning the ball over, but he's not he's not having to pay for his mistakes. Buffalo could not uh really capitalize on Geno Smith's turnovers. Um, you know, E. J. Emanuel nineteen in completions and forty two attempts isn't all that great. Um CJ Spiller left that game injured, which hurt the Bills uh quite a bit, Tarvin. But you know, for the Jets, I mean two and one, you've got to be pleasantly surprised. I'm I'm shocked.
1: I'm I'm shocked at this guy. But usually you see somebody being kicked in the media, just being torn apart. You saw it in the preseason. Sanchez gets hurt. I mean, uh, I don't know. Usually they bounce back. But but that's a game I just wanted to talk about real quick. But Trey, you picked five phenomenal games this week. I mean, I went two and three. But the host for Way in Sports did win the competition. Actually, Trey. Uh for this, and it wasn't because of the NFL picks. Trust me, I went two and three. I, I think you might have went three and two, didn't you? In the NFL. Yeah,
0: I went. Yeah, I went three and two. Um, three and two. The, uh, I mean, the, the two games I lost. And you know, the I he told me I was gonna miss two games. That would not have been the two games I picked. So, <laughs> uh, you
2: know, crazy
0: week. I mean, the Falcons start. I guess I'll start a soft start with the number five game with the Falcons and Dolphins. You know, I thought the Dolphins were getting a lot of publicity being just a little overrated uh, at two and O. If you'd asked me who was the most overrated two and O team, I would have clearly told you it's the Dolphins. And getting the road, getting the Falcons on the road and coming into to South Florida, I know it was a little raining, Carvin, but I'm just just surprised that they came back and fought the way they did to win this game with the Falcons. Because right now, I'm seeing more resolve in the fourth quarter. Um, and other teams, the Falcons. I mean, the Saints came back and really played well in the fourth quarter and, and could not let Matt, and Matt Ryan, couldn't bring him back. And the same goes with Dolphins games. Harvey, To me, Ryan Tannehill was better in the fourth quarter than Matt Ryan in that offense. Yeah, you're right. But, let, but let's let's go back. I picked Miami
1: to win this game due to the fact that there were so many people going to miss this game. Uh, Steven Jackson missed the game and some other ones. I mean, you start losing defensive players, you start losing, you know, running backs, that's when you have to worry. And this was Miami's first home game. They went on the road for their first two, got two big wins that nobody really expected them to be 2-0. Now they're 3-0, but wow, Trey. I mean, the Miami Dolphins are tied with the New England Patriots for first place in the division. And, and, you know, now looking at it after three weeks, I think Miami could easily win this division, seeing the Patriots' struggles the first two weeks, even though they played better. Uh, but but I'm very surprised that the Falcons had 146 yards on the ground without their their running back, and, and that says a lot. But Miami found a way to pull it out, and I think it's because of the home, because if you look at the stats, Trey, uh, the Miami Dolphins did not beat the Atlanta Falcons.
0: Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones had a good game. I mean, he had good numbers on the ground, um, you know, 86 for Rodgers, 53 for Snelling, but, you know, Lamar Miller had – eight carries for 62 yards. I mean, they didn't go to him very often, and they did. He was very effective. You know, and again, they threw the ball an awful lot. Tannehill, 35 attempts, but he really completed a lot of them, 24 completions, two touchdowns, and an interception. So, you know, Tannehill is somebody you and I have been very hard on in an NFL career, but I got to tell you, Tarvin, I'm starting to come around this guy as a pro quarterback.
1: I'm not ready yet. I mean, he's better than I than I said. I'm not ready to to go back just like I did the other night on Johnny Menzel and give him his props. I mean, 236 yards, two touchdowns in the pick. We'll see. Give it about four or five more weeks, and and then we'll come back and visit this one. But if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, Trey, and you're a player for the Falcons, are you panicking a little bit with the New Orleans Saints 3-0 and right now in this division? And, and they look good, and Atlanta doesn't. So I, I think it's a, a big reason for concern
0: right now if you're a Falcons fan. Oh, yeah, I completely agree, Tarvin, completely agree. Yep, this, I mean, uh, I don't
1: know, a lot of Falcon fans are upset. They thought this was the year for their Super Bowl. But, Trey, I think you and I had our concerns at the first of the year, and New Orleans with their coach backs made a big difference, Trey, and, and, and I hope the Saints do good this year. I like Drew Brees and Peyton. I think they're a good combo. But, you know, that Carolina team at one and two, I think they have a shot to take over Atlanta before long if Atlanta does it doesn't get it back going, and our fourth game, the game of the day, Demetre, the shocker of the day, the Indianapolis Colts with Trent Richardson, which he didn't play much, on the road at San Francisco. I mean, did anybody pick the Colts to win this game?
0: Yeah, I didn't see anybody pick up the Colts to win this game, but I got to tell you, yeah, this game just shocked me. Kaepernick looked awful in this game. I mean, I guess the defense had given up a, a decent amount of passing the first two weeks, so I mean, this was a defense that I was not expecting to come in and shut down, you know, a passing attack in the 49ers. that had done really well. Now, Carvin, one of the things I really wonder about is Vernon Davis missed this game, and to see how enough that offense was without him, it really made me question, like, how much centered this offense is around the tight end that we just didn't realize it, Carvin.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. But, you know, 27-7, to 7, You're at home coming off an embarrassing performance on Monday night football against your rival, Seattle. I mean, I expected San Francisco to bounce back. I expected them to cover the 10-point spread and uh, to let their defense do the talking, really. I mean, I didn't think Kaepernick would be shut down like you was, Trey. And I know you as a fantasy owner, that could have been something that beat you this week is playing Kaepernick. I'm playing you and you're winning right now, but... Are, are you disappointed in Kaepernick? And Paul put in the chat
0: room, do you think Kaepernick's a fluke right now? Do you think that's too early to tell? I think it's way too early to tell, but, yeah, absolutely. You know, people who started Kaepernick this week is, are just dying. I mean, you know, Kaepernick, get, even with an average week, I mean, you know, I wouldn't. I went against you today easy, uh, but now it's all going to come down to tomorrow and you're running back. So, you know, Tarvin, I'm just looking at this and I'm thinking – Man, Kaepernick better turn it around for fantasy owners. If not, we're going to be in trouble. Well, and and if you would
1: have told me going into this game that Andrew Luck's stats today, 18 of 27, 164 yards, no touchdowns and no interceptions. I would have said there's no way that Indianapolis would win without Andrew Luck throwing three touchdowns at least. But this guy's poised, Trey. I mean, think about how good the Colts are now compared to a couple of years ago. When he came in, I mean, have you seen a team turn it around as as much as you saw Indianapolis come in and take Andrew Luck? I mean, this is amazing what, what they've been able to do in two years.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Right about it. I think Andrew Luck is the best quarterback in that draft and among all the people who came out and are all doing pretty well. I mean, it's luck. But, you know, it's funny, Tarvin, I mean, we talked about, you know, Richardson Uh, and being the Colts, but the best back on the field was Ahmad Bradshaw today. I mean, he was uh, awesome when he was on the field. and I mean, a game-changer, a guy who got extra yards every single time. And it actually, when I watched Trent Richardson on the field compared to Ahmad Bradshaw, it made me actually wonder, did the Browns do the right thing? Because, I mean, Bradshaw looked better than Richardson on the field. So, yeah, I know it's his first game, Tarvin, but we'll have to see. I still think Richardson's deal was a bad move for Cleveland, but, you know, he
1: didn't look great today either. Yeah, I think it was a good move for Indy. And, and it's, you know, Richardson didn't get there until, what, went Thursday probably. He got into uh, to Indy, and he has to go on the road and play the Niners. So I didn't expect anything out of him. But it's going to take him a couple of weeks to learn the playbook and get more comfortable. Probably take him longer than that. But uh, Indianapolis just became a contender in the AFC now, trade with Richardson, agree or disagree.
0: Oh, I agree. I mean, this team is a team I think both you and I picked out of the playoffs very late. We both were back a little back and forth on what they were going to do. Um, you know, and if I had that, you know, we picked the Chiefs, which looks pretty good for us. We're are 3-0, but i got to tell you, the Colts are right in there now, Tarvin, with this move. I mean, their running game, they have depth behind Bradshaw now, who's an injury concern
2: with Richardson.
0: And, you know, this team, the way their defense played today, you got to think that they're looking good for the postseason again this year. Yep, exactly, and congratulations Andrew Luck
1: and uh, Indianapolis Colts. Didn't see that one coming, man. Just didn't see it coming. In the next game, Trey, I didn't see it coming as much. The Texans undefeated on the road at the Ravens, and guess who was in the stadium? Ray Lewis, and and man, I mean, they, they played like it. They embarrassed Houston, and if I'm a Houston Texans fan, I'm concerned about that because the Ravens aren't what they were you know, the last couple of years, and they embarrassed you, Trey. I mean, if you're a Texans fan, what do you say to this? How do you, how do you respond, seeing your team get embarrassed by a, a team without Ray Rice on the field?
0: Well, I mean, I picked this, uh, a Ravens win, so I'm not as surprised as you were. I thought the Ravens would play well against the Texans. The Texans are a team that do, that does have a difference in, in sort of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when they're on the road at times. And, you know, I looked at this game, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll look at um, our Texans team, who I'm not sold on yet as being a complete team, and they have to they have some pieces to get put back together. I mean, Johnson was banged during this game, which hurt their out there performance later on. But you know, the Texans still aren't an elite team yet in my book, and I think the the Ravens are still a pretty quality team. So I mean, you know, I, I expected the Ravens to hold serve at home. I want you to see how ugly this game was.
1: Total yards straight Houston 264. Baltimore, 236. I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't even want to play football if I couldn't get any more yards than that. Passing yards, Flacco with 161. Uh, wow, that's just – I didn't think – looking at the stats, and, and I know stats really don't mean anything, but looking at the stats, it doesn't look like Baltimore should have won this game. But especially, what, 30-9 to 9, they won. So are you, uh, are you buying Baltimore now? I know before the season we didn't really have much respect for them. Uh, with all the losses they had. Are you buying into them more after this game?
0: Well, I mean, do I think they're on the precipice of possibly making the postseason? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think they were going to be bad this year. So I'm buying into them, uh, it's a a win. I mean, I'm not buying into them as a playoff, you know, they're locked in the playoffs yet. But obviously this is a win that I needed to see to see if this team was still going to be competitive for the postseason. Well, wow, But I just, I know the point spread on this game was one point, so it's not like it
1: was uh, just a crazy game or anything, but just the way Baltimore dominated this game in the second quarter on, is just embarrassing if you're a Houston fan. And if I'm, you know, Houston, this was their year. I mean, Denver's the number one team, but that year to, to make it to the AFC Championship game, but I don't see any improvement at all in this team from last year, and that's a concern if you're a Texans fan out there. So congratulations to Baltimore. That was a big win, Trey. And the next game, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Andy Reid comes back to Philly. I mean, you picked the Chiefs. I picked the Eagles in this one, and I was wrong. But, wow, that Chiefs team is good. I know I picked them as a wild card as well as you did, but this Kansas City team is more impressive than I thought they would be at this time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know look at the scan part. I went with the Chiefs on the road. I really thought you know that Alex Smith not making turnovers and playing smart would be the difference here. I thought that the the Eagles were going to have some offensive success, but I just thought that the the safe play of Alex Smith and and the turnover, um, I thought I thought Vick was going to turn them all over. And I really thought that was going to be the difference going into this game. Is you know you have two quarterbacks, both the you know, one who's very exciting right now, Michael Vick in this offense, very exciting. Uh, knows how to you know do great big plays but the one thing Alex Smith does is not turn the ball over and that was the difference Tarvin and Matt that was the big difference is the Eagles turned the ball over when it counted and and, you know the Chiefs did not and I thought that that's why this Chiefs team is so much better this season is they have a quarterback who protects the ball.
1: Well another thing you know the Eagles try to run so many plays and and they ran less 14 less plays but how do you turn? How do you get better at not turning the ball over? Vic's been plagued with this for a long time, and is he the right quarterback to run this Eagles offense? Because Trey, after Week One, after watching that Washington game, everybody was ready to, you know, to say this was changing the NFL. Defenses couldn't stop it, and now two weeks in a row, the Eagles lose at home. So,
0: I, I just don't know how they get better turning the ball over to you. Well, I mean, you know, Vic has always been a guy who pushes, you know sort of, you know, if he has a throw and it's into a window, he's going to try to get there. You know, that that costs you, though. I mean, you know, because Vic is not the most accurate quarterback, and so there are times where he turns the ball over, and plus, you know, he still carries the ball um, out from his body when he's running around and scrambling, and then, you know, he fumbles. So, you know, I mean, th- those are things that you live with with Vic. I mean, he had some great big runs. He had some exciting plays, but he turned the ball over. And so, you know, the Eagles, I think, are still finding – um, their form, I mean, let's be honest, LaShawn McCoy was exciting in this game. And this, the fourth quarter of this game was like a battle of really good running backs between Jamal Charles and LaShawn McCoy. And it was just an entertaining game to watch. But, I mean, you know, you have to have a quarterback who knows when not to throw the ball into coverage and when, to, you know, it's okay to, you know, take some, take some yards back. Well, just an update real
1: quick in the Sunday night game between Chicago and Pittsburgh. Chicago just picked it off, ran it back 24-3 to trade, pinning the extra point, man, or 23-3 to pinning the extra point. Wow, th- this is a game that is surprising me how bad Chicago's beating them.
0: Well, yeah, I thought this game was going to be more competitive than it is. Um, but, you know, I did think the Steelers were going to struggle this year quite handily. I just wish that interception would have been run back from Charles Tillman, though.
2: Yeah,
1: and, and I just want to go back to the Eagles game and the, the Chiefs. And, Trey, there's nobody that that I feel better for than Andy Reid. I mean, this guy deserves a break. All he's been through, and to go back to Philly and win that game. But even after the game, his first thing was, it's, it's easy. You can't win in the NFL when you turn the ball over like that. Talking about the Eagles, he's right. I mean, it's not that Kansas City played so great. It's that Philadelphia gave them the win. I mean, they just handed them the win right there, and, and does Jeff Kelly get this team better, Trey, going forward? And uh, I don't know. I really don't know if they're going to get much better because I don't see ball security uh, being improved on by Michael Vick, Trey. So are you are you buying after
0: buying the Eagles now, like we did after Week One? No, I mean I think the Eagles are still not going to play the playoffs. I Man, I don't I don't think that. Uh, this team is built yet yeah, for the postseason. They still have some, some large holes. I mean, the defense is actually playing a lot better than I think a lot of people thought they were. But, I mean, you still see them getting gashed at times. And that's why I think Vic is, is so forcing the ball at times because he knows he has to score a lot of points to win games.
1: Yeah, and the Chiefs, man, 3-0 and trade, great picks by us right now. Um, they're a real good football team. And and how many pro bowlers did they have last season? I know they were bad. They were young. did they have like eight yeah, like, pro bowlers, their
0: team?
1: Yeah, I think it was nine, yeah. Eight or nine. I mean, that ought to tell you something. And now having a quarterback, like you said, that doesn't turn the ball over and can go on the road and keep you in a game without just losing it by turnovers, that says a lot. So Kansas City, you better watch out for them. I, think, I can't remember who they play next week, but I think it's a big game. Uh, I think the Giants play Kansas City next week. So that ought to be an e- yeah an easy win for the Chiefs. But, Trey, the game one, number one game you picked, did not disappoint at all. The Packers at the Bengals. You picked the Bengals, right? Yeah, I went with an
0: upset in this game. You know, going against my team, um, I, I picked the Bengals.
1: I did too, and I was back and forth with it. And I just like Cincinnati at home. I think they're a, a good football team. Um, and they showed it today. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he did a—he had an average day, 244, a touchdown, two picks. It wasn't nothing to write home about, but there was a lot of turnovers in this
0: game, wasn't there. Yeah, and that's really what changed the, changed the momentum of this game towards the end. That touchdown by the Bengals that came off a turnover. Uh, that's what cost Aaron Rodgers and the Packers the game. And, you know, the Bengals are just a solid football team, and I thought that defensively they were going to do enough against Aaron Rodgers, to frustrate him into some ter- TOs, you know, and that's really what happened. You know, I'm sad to see my team lose, but that's exactly what you know, I thought would bite him in this game was, you know, solid defense. You know, you like you got to like, you know, what Gio Bernard is doing for the Bengals. He's such an exciting player. Uh, and Andy Dalton is just playing within his means right now. And today he didn't do a whole lot. That's great, but he did enough to win. Well, you look at the Packers now, Trey, 1-2. and two,
1: They're 0-2 on the road. That's, a, that's where they struggle. Now you look at the Chicago Bears. You have to have a lot of concern right now if you're Green Bay, seeing how Chicago's playing right now. I mean, there's not there's not many chances they're going to get to catch the Bears, looking like it. So
0: if you're a Packers fan, Trey, are you concerned? Oh yeah. I mean, this is you know this is precisely why I thought Chicago was going to win this division, and it was actually kind of tough to pick the Packers to make the postseason in the wild card. But you know, I just think they're such a good offensive team. I was really worried about. You know, the defense, and I was really worried about the running game. And today, it's kind of interesting. The Packers ended up, you know, they had Lacey out with a concussion, and then they had their, you know, Starks went out during the game as well. And then, you know, had their rookie, their other rookie running back, Franklin, get over 100 yards. So, I think they figured out their running game, Tarvin. They still got a lot to figure out on defense. Well, the couch potatoes. Sonny Clark actually picked
1: Green Bay before the season mm-hmm. not to make the playoffs. And so a lot of people – so we're giving him grief about that, but, hmm, I mean, I know it's too early to say, but, man, there's a chink in the armor here. Green Bay better find it fast. And for Green Bay to win, to be able to make the playoffs, they need Lacey healthy, and he needs to have a good rookie season. And I think you will, Trey. I think Lacey's going to come back and actually help Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers cannot do it by himself. He did have some help today from Franklin uh, with 103 yards and a touchdown. Trey, you can't really complain about that. Had too much. They didn't. But it's just going on the road in the NFL is so tough, especially with, with teams like that. You fumble the ball twice, and you throw two picks. I mean, at least Cincinnati had four turnovers as well, Trey. But you can't turn the ball over four times on the road in the NFL will win.
0: No, I mean, this game was ugly with turnovers, and I thought that was going to cost the Bengals. I mean, they got lucky at the end with the turn. You know, last team turned it over lots, but uh, both the Bengals and the Packers have to play better. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about that To to really. Go far in this season. So tell
1: us, since we're still in the NFL, and and you saw where Miller, Bob Miller tried to cheat during his drug test, right?
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: I mean, I, talking, I think the suspension for him should be more, just real quick, Trey. What do you think about, what is it, four games? Is that what he got?
0: No, he was suspended six games. If you sort of average oh. it out to what baseball would be, it'd be about missing like 61 games. So um, it's like sort of almost what Ryan Braun got, um, the NFL version of it. I think that's about right, Turbin. Well,
1: that's just a character thing, and I know he screwed up. Maybe he got caught. He deserves a suspension. But if I'm a Broncos owner, um, I'm concerned about having somebody like that on the team that would that would do that and cheat like that. So. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that, Trey. But uh college football is here, man. Four weeks into it. Do you have a definite number one in mind right now? After four weeks of watching college football, who is your number one team?
0: Well, my number one team has it is still gonna be Alabama. They've played um they've actually played somebody and that's the difference where right? where I see Oregon and you know, Oregon's look really great. They haven't struggled at all, but I haven't you know I haven't seen them play anybody yet. Where you know Alabama beat a really good Texas A&M team, and yeah, they struggled this week against you know somebody who they shouldn't have, but you know they were coming off a very physical, very long, uh, emotional game against the top ten team. So you know they ended up dominating that game later on. But that's what matters to me, Tarvin. Is you gotta win the games, and you gotta play somebody.
1: Well, I mean, if, even though Oregon, I mean they they played.
0: Who was it? The first game.
1: Junior college team, but after that they went on the road to Virginia and they beat Tennessee. And I know Tennessee is not the best team in the world right now, but beating somebody 59 to 14 like that, and they 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 kind of quit at halftime. And and I know Oregon in the past I haven't been a buyer in them, Trey, and you know that. Uh, this year I am buying them right now. They are my number one team, and if, if I'm picking a number one team right now in college football, uh, it's them. And I've seen some holes in Alabama. I've seen that defense, and I don't know if they could about If you have trouble stopping Texas A&M, you're going to really struggle stopping Oregon. And I think Oregon has a better defense than Texas A&M. So this is going to be interesting to see. I'm not ready to crown them champions just yet, but if you look at Oregon's schedule, Trey, and you see what they have coming up, besides the Stanford game, I, I don't really see really anybody that can beat them. But it is college football. Anything can happen any Saturday. Um, but Oregon looks good to me, and let's look at the polls real quick before we get in our breakdown, trade. I know when you look at the top twenty-five, give us that team in the top twenty-five that shouldn't be there.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the AP top twenty-five, Tarvin, and that shouldn't be there. I mean, there's a couple of teams that I think are suspect in the top twenty-five. I mean, you have Fresno State ranked. I'm not, I'm not so sure they should be ranked there at twenty-five. That's the easy one. But I guess the one that that looks, I look at it and I look at number twenty-two Notre Dame Tarvin. I think they got a, they stole a win from Michigan State playing so poorly on offense. I just think that this team is going to lose a lot more games. So I'm going to go with Notre Dame Tarvin to be out of the top twenty-five by the by the end of the season. Well, I look at I look
1: at eighteen Michigan right now and and seeing the way they played against Akron, uh, they were just a couple of yards from losing that game at home last week, and then what they did at Connecticut. I mean, I, I just don't see how you have them ranked 18th. I know they beat Notre Dame. Congratulations. But Trey, uh, number 18 Michigan team is is very overrated at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why I don't pick them. is because they did beat uh, Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, they've struggled, for sure. But, you know, so, so did Ohio State pretty much all year last year, and they went undefeated. So, now, I don't I don't like to get too far off the you know, off the bandwagon of Gardner who did not play very well, played awful in that game. Uh and has played awful in the last couple of games. But, you know, just I look at this team as like I a wonder if they're gonna be the Ohio State this year. The team that barely beats everybody, but just keeps winning. Yeah, man, let's go let's look up at your
1: top five right now. Let's look at the AP poll. That's the only one I really pay attention to. Bama. Bama number one. But Trey they lost some first place those this week. Um was struggling against Colorado State and Oregon two, Clemson three, they didn't look good on Thursday night on the road at NC State. Ohio State four and Stanford five. Looking at those teams, Ohio State at four trade, I mean, are they gonna stay there and be close at the end of the year to make a run, or do you see that defense causing them some problems? But this quarterback looks better than Braxton Miller does. So that's one good positive I see for Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, when when Braxton Miller got hurt, I thought this team was just going to, I thought we were going to see a lot of losses here. But this Guyton kid, I mean, he looks, honestly, I I wonder why he's not starting over Braxton Miller. He looks back, I mean, he's been phenomenal. So, uh, you know, to be honest, Harvin, I have Ohio State as my third team. I think Oregon's an easy second. Uh, But I think Ohio State, the way they played uh, their starting quarterback, a guy who was, uh, you know, we were talking about Heisman candidacy talks, you know, between mostly in Ohio, of course. Uh, but, you know, they lose him, and then they just dominate better than they did before. So, Ohio State's my three right now, Tarvin. I have uh, Stanford at four. Uh, I think they're playing really well. And, Tarvin, my number five is LSU. I don't have Clemson in my top five right now. I think LSU is my number five.
2: Yeah, LSU
1: moved up in mine this weekend. I mean, this guy, these guys do have better quarterback play right now. And I'm not saying it just because they beat Auburn, but they played an SEC opponent, and and he looked better. Those receivers are good. The running game sounds. The trade about LSU, I think their defense is better than I thought it would be after losing everybody. My top five right now is Oregon at number one, Bama two, Clemson three, LSU four, and I have Florida State five right now with Winston playing the way he is. Florida State is just trouncing people. And the Florida State of old trade the last few years would be struggling with teams like this, but they're they're just kicking people in the teeth right now, and it's just going to set up beautiful when they play Clemson. That's going to be the game to see if Florida State can make that push because it looks like right now with Florida losing their quarterback
0: for the year, that that Florida game becomes a lot more winnable now. Well, yeah, I mean obviously we'll have to see how the backup plays for Florida and how much better he can. He's a, he's a Michigan State transfer, so. With this poor play, as Michigan State's had on offense, you got to wish he was back in Michigan State if you're with if you're with Sparty because he looked better than the Spartans' quarterback uh, this past week. But Tarvin, let me ask you this: Who is the best one-loss team in the country right now?
1: The best one-loss team in the country, I would have to say, honestly, Georgia.
0: Well, after they after they struggled in the first half against. But North Texas, Garvin, you're going to pick Georgia?
1: That's Georgia every season. Remember, they have LSU coming into town next week, and the rain sometimes can play it – can, it can turn games different. I mean, Georgia is a team right now. That offense, once it gets going, I think they're hard to stop. But I'd say Georgia A&M. Texas A&M looks very good right now. Their defense is probably the worst in college football, by the way. When you watch Texas A&M, that defense is just atrocious. But they can score. But I like Georgia because I think their defense can make more stops than Texas A&M. So I'm going to go ahead and say George, What about you? I think
0: I think it's Texas A&M. I, I think the way they're playing. I mean, they almost beat number one team in the country. Took them to the wire. I, I think Texas A&M right now is is the best number one team uh, in the, or one loss team in the land right now, Tarvin. And I, I think that we're you know you're going to see a lot from them coming up. They have the brunt of their schedule uh, as well. So uh, both teams, both Georgia and um and Texas A and M, we'll talk will have to see Tarvin. I'm still I'm still not high, I, you know, we picked both of us picked Georgia to struggle quite a bit, Tarvin. So uh I'm still I'm still staying on that.
1: Yeah, but Pai Paul brought up something a few weeks ago about Baylor. I mean they're ranked nineteenth, Trey. I'm i I'm about jumping on that Baylor bandwagon right now. These guys can flat out score. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, yeah, and that's a a great point, Carvin. It really is. Uh, But, you know, I I just am not sold just yet. (laughs) It's a win. You have to play defense. We're going to talk more about
1: LSU in a few minutes. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Louisville, though, Trey, is the team that's dropping in the polls. I mean, you beat somebody by 70, and you drop in the polls a little bit. That says something about the nation now. They saw LSU play – they saw that team was a very good football team. So I think the schedule of Louisville, that's what's going to hurt them the entire season. No matter how bad they beat opponents straight, unless people start losing in front of them, they're going to keep dropping. And the teams that they have one loss are going to keep jumping them too. So Louisville's in trouble if they think they're going to make a national championship game this season. I just think their strength of schedule is going to kill them every week. It's usually the polls.
2: <coughs> Excuse me.
0: Yeah, I mean Louisville obviously this season needed needed a quality out, out of out of conference opponent. Uh, they're not going to have it. You know it'll be interesting, Carvin, to see if well, those one off teams do jump them, because uh, I mean, their their schedule is going to be really weak. And, they're, and when you talk about the computer polls, uh, Louisville's going to be hurt really really bad by the computer polls. Hey, I have a I have a question for
1: you. This could be tough. Who is the best four loss team in college football right now, Trey? The best four-loss
0: team? I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man, you got to figure this one out. I don't even know who it is, but anyway, I mean, college football is going to get exciting. I think now that we we have September out of the way, almost we have one more weekend left. I think the games are going to get a lot better. But the last team I want to touch on that that you need to watch out for, Trey, is Washington. I mean, these guys can play. I mean, they're they're starting to gel. They're a scary football team. And if you, they're on your schedule in that Pac-12, you you can't take them for granted. This could be a dark horse, sleeper team, Trey, to, to get in there and win the Pac-12. Yeah,
0: it's definitely possible. I mean, they're, they're up and coming. I, I, I'm interested to see how they play against the big boys. But they're definitely a lot better than they have been in the past. Okay. Well, UConn's 0-3, so
1: maybe they're the best three-loss team in the country. Thinking about how they played last night, but, but Trey, let's let's start out before we get into our other college discussion. Let's go through the games that we picked real quick. We won't spend much time on some of them because some of them aren't worth even mentioning. But so lead us on, Trey. Start with number ten.
0: Well, number ten is the the Angry Gopher Special. San Jose State came in at one and one. They went into Minnesota, and Minnesota took care of business to go to four and zero. You know the Angry Gopher does not want you with us tonight, but uh, he has to be happy from this weekend. Uh, I know it's been Minnesota Vikings lost, but having a, the Gophers win, 4-0 is always good.
1: Well, they're 4-0 in the out-of-conference trade. Um, I think it's going to change once the conference play starts. Uh, yeah, yeah, it will. <laughs> and the nine game is, is the Arkansas Razorbacks out of the SEC went into Rutgers, and Trey, they had a commanding, what was it, twenty four to seven lead in this game and, and Rutgers stormed back and pulled a win off. I mean, is that because of the depth issue at Arkansas? When I look at Arkansas, I saw a team depleted in the in the preseason when we were looking at it previewing. And any
0: time you see a team give up that big of a collapse, I mean it has to be depth, right, Trey? Well, I mean, there's that. And I think, you know, again, we talked about it in the past. There's coaching to your strength and coaching to finish people off. I think Arkansas, they're a little lax in the second half of this game. Uh, I'll tell you that, you know, they they, they went away from Alex Collins. And Alex Collins, for those of you who don't know, was a four-star running back last year. He's a true freshman this year. He's had uh, three ginormous games before this game against Rutgers, and they seem to not give him the ball a whole lot. Uh, Williams got a lot of ball. Collins got nicked up or he got hurt. Um, but Tarvin, I'm looking at this, 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 you know, this Arkansas team, and this is a troubling loss because they needed to win this game really bad to start off 4-0 and really, um, you know, p- sort of put their mark back on, um, you know, saying hey, we're 4-0, we can compete. But they haven't really played anybody just yet, Tarvin, in the SEC, and now I'm I'm really worried they're going to get blown out of some of these games, losing to, to Rutgers the way they did. And they will. This is the first loss, and if you go back to
1: our picks, that I had Arkansas losing, and, I, and this is where it hits the fan for Arkansas. I mean, you've had your, your cupcake games. You Now it's time to play real football. But, Trey, when Rutgers turns the ball over three times at home to your none, and you're going to get 66 yards of penalties. I mean, how do how do you not win with three turnovers against Rutgers to your none? I mean, they, dom- they didn't dominate the time of possession, but it's 31 minutes to 28. So how in the world do you lose this game being up like that if you're an SEC team?
0: Yeah, and this is sort of an alarming – you have to be a little bit alarmed if you're an SEC guy. I mean, I think this is what, they're five and or six and six or something out of conference you know, this year, the SEC is. So, um, you know, this game was one of those games that you're supposed to win. I mean, Rutgers is not a good team this year. They're down this year. Um, you know, Arkansas should have won this game, and there's no doubt about it.
1: Well, let's look at the uh, – do you have the Arkansas schedule up? I just want to run through here. I have it up right now. And now, guess what? This Saturday, you play Texas A&M. Then you go to Florida. And then you play South Carolina. Then you go to Alabama. And then you're home against Auburn. And then you go to Ole Miss, back home against Mississippi State, and at LSU. Trey, they can lose every game
0: that I just mentioned right there, every game. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, they have a tough tough stretch coming up. We're gonna see what L- what Arkansas is made of by that LSU game. I think the most winnable two winnable games they have left
1: is Mississippi State and Auburn. Those those are both at home right there. But honestly, I don't see them winning any games looking at this schedule. And this I think I had them winning four games this year, and it could be three or four easily. But that's a brutal schedule. You had to have the Rutgers game. And some help to even get bowl eligible Trey. So Arkansas man, big choke job. And yeah, if you're in the, and you're in the SEC and you're one of those SEC fans that judge your conference, you have to be a little concerned right now. Especially with the way the ACC has played against you and now with Rutgers, uh it's just not looking good.
0: Um so let's go on to number nine Trey. Uh well number eight Tarvin, is in, in almost uh, I almost actually I'm picked sorry. this upset. But USC just barely got past Utah State at home. I mean, how, how bad is this U, this USC team, Tarvin? Is, is this just a, a flip-up again for them, or is it time to batten down the hatches because the Trojans are about to start playing their conference schedule? I mean, the Trojans are a bad football team right now. They have a good defense, but that
1: defense, Trey, with the depth, uh, the problems in the depth areas, imagine – three or four more weeks down the road when that defense starts getting injured because they're on the field the entire game almost because your offense can't move the ball. That's a problem. The USC of old would have beaten Utah State by 50 points, and now 17 to – what was the final score on that one? Uh, 17 to 14. They barely pulled it out, and if it wasn't for that defense, Trey, USC would have lost another game. So it's looking bad. I mean, I was disappointed at Keaton. I thought he would have a better game, been able to run the ball more, but – USC had 164 yards passing and 118 yards rushing. That's not going to get it done. 282 total yards. Once they get into their Pac-12 conference play.
0: No, no, not
1: at all, but I think I think they're in trouble in the Pac-12 for sure. So why is Lane Kiffin still there? That's an, that's another question I wanted to ask you. You look at this. You look at your team right now. They're not getting better. They're actually getting worse. I just don't know why he's still there. I mean, how long do you, how
0: many more losses do you wait, Trey, or games like this until you get rid of him? Well, I think they need to lose some of them before they probably get rid of him. But, I mean, this may be the end-of-the-year type of decision. I'm not sure. Uh, but both you and I agree that Wayne Kippen needs to be gone out of USC. This program is too talented. They get too many five-star athletes um, to be struggling against Utah State. When you have
1: Hawaii, Washington State, Boston College, and Utah State, and you come out three and one, and now guess what? At Arizona State, where they're going to be a touchdown underdog, they play Arizona at Notre Dame, Utah, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, Colorado, UCLA. I'm looking at a six and six team here. I mean, six and six is not good enough to get it done at Southern Cal. So look for them to make a huge acquisition in the off season. And get a good coach,
0: possibly coming from the NFL trade, uh
1: to fill Lane Kiffin's shoes here.
0: Yeah, I mean it's possible. They're the kind of program that they can pull just about any coach they want. So, uh, Tarvin, that moves us to our number seven game, which is where the SEC did do what they're supposed to. Missouri traveled on the road to Indiana and really dominated this game from the very get go. They scored 28 points in the first half. They were up 28 to 14 at the half. Uh, so Missouri took care of business and and now are three and zero, Tarvin. Yeah, and
1: I'm I'm a little surprised by that, honestly. Seeing them beat Indiana, I thought Indiana home in that game would be able to to beat Missouri. But hey, this Franklin guy's getting it going on 343 passing yards. I mean, you can't discount that on the road. Two touchdowns. Missouri could be that team that, could, that they could upset a couple of teams on their schedule this year. I don't think they're anything better than a 6 and 6 team, honestly. But you just never know when you have a dual threat quarterback like that with some experience back there, Trey, they put up 623 yards, 343 passing and 280 on the ground, a very balanced attack. So Missouri's a lot better than I thought they would be.
0: Yeah. I don't make a whole lot about this game. I mean, Indiana, I mean, yeah, they look good against Indiana. Indiana's a pretty bad team uh, in the big, T- the big 10. So, I mean, it's good that they went up. This is the kind of win you need. If you're Missouri, and you're trying to establish yourself, but you're right. I mean, this, if, It's going to get worse here in a second, Tarvin. This team is going to get blown out of a lot of games in the SEC. Uh, But who knows, Tarvin. Maybe they're they're better and maybe they upset somebody. But I just don't think this is the team to do it. Well, Paul said in the chat room just a minute ago about our conversation, you don't fire a coach after
1: a W. Well, you do when it's Utah State by a field goal. Um, So, yeah, looking at the writings on the wall for him, but Missouri Trey, very surprising. Vegas had this game like a three-point spread. And that's another thing that's surprising. I mean, they just thought it was close. It should have been closer than that. And just like you said, Trey, they took care of business.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Tarvin. So, I mean, the SEC gets the important win there. And this game is the one that I, I missed here, Tarvin, North Carolina on the road at Georgia Tech. I thought UNC would play better than they did at home. But Georgia Tech, or excuse me, on the road, Georgia Tech won the game at home, and that was really the difference, I thought, was that at home cooking for Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, Georgia Tech. I mean, it was raining in Atlanta. Uh, Kind of a sloppy game at first, but this North Carolina team is not very good. We saw them against South Carolina, Trey. Uh, They didn't impress me at all, but Georgia Tech didn't impress me either. Uh, This is a team that, I mean, they're they're a good, decent team, but I thought Georgia Tech was better than, than what they played on Saturday. But the main thing is, they got the W tray uh, rushing yards three twenty four. You can rush three twenty four on somebody. You're probably going to win most of the time. So tell us about that whole cooking you were talking about. Well, I mean, what
0: I, what I was impressed by them, uh, or what impressed me about Georgia Tech, if they, I can be impressed by them, was the fact that they gave up nothing in the second half. I mean, no points, and that's you know they won by eight. They, they outscored um, UNC fourteen to nothing in the second half, and that was the difference. So. You know, defensively it's always been an issue you know, for Tech in the last couple of years, and they solved some things at least against UNC in this game. And UNC was able to move the ball against South Carolina, even in the second half. So if you're a Tech fan, you've got to be happy with the fact that you you, you tossed the shutout in the second half.
1: Well, the, my concern, being a North Carol- looking at this game for North Carolina, they only had the ball for 19 minutes and 22 seconds. That means Georgia Tech had it for 40, but you only had 319 yards. I guess a Georgia Tech defense, Trey. That has to be alarming. I mean, the signals have to be going off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. UN, UNC definitely has some 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 things to figure out here. Um, because this is a game. that If you're UNC and you've taken a step forward, you win. Well, Trey, take us to this uh,
1: this Thursday night showdown we have.
0: You know, I thought this game was going to be close on uh, Thursday night. NC State has weird stuff. You know, they, they beat Florida State a couple years ago on Thursday night. NC State just has that magic that happens on a Thursday night for them. And they were able to really keep this game very close against Clemson. Uh, Clemson ends up pulling it out 26-14. to 14. You know, short week, week to prepare for Clemson. But this is the kind of week uh, that if, you know, in the past, you know, an ACC team that was uh, raked as high as Clemson is struggled and lost. Uh, but, you know, no matter what you think about Clemson's struggles and Taj Boyd in this team, they got, an, they got a win on a tough road appointment on a Thursday night, and that's important for a team that's trying to, you know, stake their claim to legitimacy,
1: right. Yeah, you and know, I see so many people dogging Clemson right now because they didn't
0: beat NC State by 40
1: points. Well, you're not supposed to sometimes. You're going to struggle – on the road at night, in a conference game. People forget conference games, Trey. They're, people are familiar with each other, and they're closer. And Clemson, to me, they, they're number three in the country right now. Whether they won by a touchdown or two touchdowns, it didn't matter. But one thing I'll tell you, Taj Boyd, his stock dropped a little bit in my Heisman, because these things you know, change from week to week. I was looking for a better performance out of him, 244 yards passing. But Clemson had 171 on the ground, but Overall, a win's a win, especially on the road, Trey. And if you're a Clemson man, you'll take it right now because, I mean, they're undefeated. That's all you can ask for right
0: now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Clemson got an important win. I think I agree with you on Taj Boyd. uh, But, you know, we'll have to see how they bounce back. I mean, their season's going to be made or or, uh, or broken, I guess, I should say, uh, when they play Florida State. Uh, That's going to be the big week. uh, And, you know, not losing a trap game before – they play Florida State. So, I mean, this is a focused game. You like the fact they were focused and won by about two touchdowns, and that's what matters. That's it. And the, and the next game, Trey,
1: your Michigan State Spartans went on the road to Notre Dame, and you talk about a snooze fest. The lock on this game was the under, and only 30 points scored in this game. I mean, you're right, Trey, what you said earlier. Notre Dame, once they get into that schedule a little more, they're going to get exposed. I mean, they look terrible, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, this game was two teams that looked terrible. And Michigan State's defense is so good; they have, you know, a first-round draft pick on that defense, uh, and they have uh, no offense whatsoever. I mean, this this just showed you how terrible they are at the quarterback position in, in Michigan State, and how just inept their offense is. This is a game they could have won. Their defense basically dominated the entire game. Uh, Notre Dame's defense played well, uh, and you had just basically no offense whatsoever. And you're right; this is the kind of game that bores people. It does. It bores me so
1: much I'm ready to go into the next game, Trey, because uh, this was the Auburn Tigers 3-0 and out of the West going to LSU a 3-0 team, ranked number 6 going into Saturday night. And Trey, it was a messy, rainy game and in that first half. I mean, it was all about the first half where Auburn turned the ball over a couple of times that led to LSU touchdowns, but you know, I just want to get your thoughts on. I don't know if you watched the game in this entirety, Trey.
0: Yeah, I, I caught I caught some of it, Taran. I, I didn't watch the whole game. Uh, when it you know it was this was a twenty one nothing game at half. Um, what I what I saw in the game, Tarly, and I'll tell you is I saw a few things. One is that I like. Do you have to like the fact that Auburn spot in the second half? They didn't quit on uh, on their coach. They didn't quit on their team. You uh, like Trey Mason at the running back position. The kid had you know 132 yards and two touchdowns, and really seemed to do something with the ball every time he had it. And yeah, he was he seemed like he has a little something special, Tarvin. But I don't like yet. And what I still think um, is needs a lot of development is, is Nick Marshall at the quarterback position. Saw a lot of bad decisions from him in this game. You know the two picks. Uh, yeah, he played better in the second half, Tarvin. But I'm still not sold on him as your overall. franchise-type quarterback. I think he still had a lot of development to go. Uh, We'll see how he develops the rest of this year, Tarvin, but I'm not not sold on his development yet. Well, the thing
1: about Nick Marshall, he's a Juco transfer. He's starting to get more comfortable, and once the rain stopped the second-half game, he looked a lot more comfortable. um, But he still had those decisions, like you said, where he threw the ball and you're wondering why. But a couple of times the receivers broke off the route wasn't his fault, but at the end of the day, he's a quarterback. It it falls on him, but, you know, Auburn had a good drive going to start the game, got across midfield. They went for it. A little risky call early in the game, Trey, fourth down, and they fumbled the snap, or the running back fumbled the ball. LSU got it. A couple plays later, broke loose for a touchdown. Then the punt, uh, they fumbled the punt, the snap at the five-yard line. LSU got it, took it in five yards, 14 to nothing, and then, Auburn teams in the last couple of years would have folded up shop. It would have been 49 to nothing. What I like about this team is they kept fighting and fighting, and this this game was never over with in that second half. And I don't know if you got to see the onside kick, trade that, that the refs ruled a, an onside kick that Auburn recovered. And then once they went to replay, they overturned it and said he touched
0: it. But what did you think about the onside kick, call? Yeah, I mean, that was a little bit sketchy. I thought, I thought Auburn got a raw deal on that one.
1: Yeah, I did too, and I mean, I didn't see anything on that film to tell me that it didn't go 10 yards, but I'm impressed with with Auburn. I mean, usually after losses, I feel aggravated. Uh, I was aggravated a little bit at the first half, but I saw the team keep fighting and fighting and fighting. The bright spots, like you said, uh, was Trey Mason, Sammy Coates, Nick Marshall did hit some long balls, but the problems I had is it linebacker really. I think still we we need to recruit bigger linebackers and faster ones. Jake Holland, uh number five on Auburn, he just he just seems like he's lost a lot of the times. And he's missing tackles and that's who they attacked. That's who LSU ran right at and he was getting blocked and hammered every time. So I think if you're Auburn you need to look at some linebackers and hopefully get better better plays. Tackling wasn't very good either, Trey. That's one thing I'll say and maybe you have to credit LSU's big running back with that, but Auburn
0: tackled sloppy at times, and I think at the end of the day that cost them a win. Yeah, I'm sure LSU, I mean, you know, Mettenberger didn't play great in this game, but he did play better than he played certainly last year, Um, made overall decent decisions. Uh, And then, of course, Hill was a monster in this game, 184 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, he was just running over folks, so... And this is why I have LSU in my top five. Mettenberger progressing. The running the running game looks good. Uh, so LSU, you know, after losing all those players in the draft, Harvin, they're still undefeated.
1: They are, and and I'm. You know, one thing I'm impressed with with LSU Trey is how big these guys are. I don't know how they do it year in and year out, but they have the biggest players that you can ever see. And that defense is better than I thought it would be. And it's it's not because Auburn was playing. Uh, but it's just, I mean, those guys know how to play football. I mean, Les Miles does a great job recruiting them. The coaches coach him up. But you could tell Cam Cameron back there, you couldn't tell as much last night with the weather, but Cam Cameron, the offensive coordinator for LSU, is going to make them a contender in the division here because right now I do think, I think LSU could give Alabama fits in Tuscaloosa. They play there. They play well in Tuscaloosa, Trey, and I think they have exactly what it takes to beat a team like Alabama.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking at that game, Tarvin, and I'm like, well, you know, LSU's done it before, and, you know, is Mettenberger that guy this year? We'll have to see. Uh, You know, I'd I'd like him to play a little bit better, uh, but, you know, Hilt running back gives him a really good attack now. So, LSU absolutely one of the games we all have circled now, Tarvin.
2: Well, Trey, I want to
0: ask you a question since this is Auburn. They have a bye week
1: coming up. What do you think they do? I mean, do you think they improve a lot in this bye week? What do you think they work on the most or what they need to work on the most in these two weeks?
0: Well, I think he's got to get better decisions from your quarterback. He needs to go to the film room. He needs to watch a lot of film on himself and see where he made, you know, mistakes. And I think the other thing is is, is defensively, Tarvin, you mentioned it, tackling. I think they have, a better, have to have better schemes against running backs that are powerful. And you're talking about when, you know, Georgia comes to town or big teams with big running backs, uh, you know, Auburn has to be able to handle that a little bit better, whether it's through schemes, if you don't have the if you don't have the players, you know, if you have a linebacker who can dominate, you gotta have sort of good offensive defensive run schemes and I think Auburn still uh lacks a good tackling scheme when it comes down to, to facing big running backs.
1: I totally agree and, and I think, you know, with the size you have to make up for it with scheme and I think these this two weeks. I think if you're an Auburn guy, Trey, if you're a fan, you have to feel good being three of one right now when you were three and nine last year going into the bye right now. And, and the of it on a positive note, you know, I mean you lost, but still you have more positives to take away from that LSU game than negatives in my opinion. Nobody, nobody picked Auburn to win that game. I didn't even pick them and, and not many Auburn fans did unless they were delusional, but a lot of positives to take away. Cause that easily could have been a 42 to seven game or something. And, and they hung in there, so I look for him to get better. I look for Nick Marshall, you know, by the sixth, seventh week, uh, to start feeling a lot more comfortable. And this offense will be getting to 35, 40 points a game before long, I think. But it all depends on the defense. So LSU, Georgia next week, Trey. I, I have a feeling you might have that number one next week on your
0: list. <laughs> yeah, it might be number one, Tarvin. Now I'm not going to commit to it yet, but it's a pretty good shot. Well well the number two game on the list.
1: I mean it was interesting. I watched the entire game uh with Bruce Cower here. Tennessee went on the road to Florida. And Trey, even though Florida, you know, they won the game, uh they lost their quarterback to Deer Bradley. Uh give us your thoughts on them
0: and their, how the backup did. Well, you know, Druscal going out, I mean obviously that's the big story here is you know, Druskell uh, getting hurt, broke his leg, is out for the year now for the Gators. But I got to tell you, I mean, Murphy, eight, 8 of 14, the backup, 134 yards, didn't make any mistakes. Uh, also, Tarvin, he had 84 yards on the ground with a touchdown. So, uh, I, I don't know if Florida actually didn't just get a gift there with Driscoll now out for the year. I mean, we'll have to see how Murphy plays. But, I mean, Murphy played really well in this game, I thought, Tarvin. I, I and mean, especially, you know, being thrust into the, the you know, the, the season, the way he did and, you know, being a guy who you know, got. You know, given this game where he was, I I thought he played really well. So, if you're the Gators, actually, you may have, you may have a quarterback now, Tarvin.
1: Yeah, and, and let's flip it over to the Tennessee side. I mean, you have to feel bad for these guys because uh, one thing they're lacking, and we talked about this when they played Oregon, was the quarterback. I mean, I, I just still don't think they found a quarterback. And you talk to some Tennessee fans out there. That's what they're worried about this year. The defense is good. I mean, they can keep you in ball games. They can run the football, even though they only had 66 yards rushing. They were forced to throw the ball a lot coming from behind. Uh, that's the big question I have with Tennessee right now: the turnovers, six turnovers, and not having a quarterback really right now. Who's who's gonna who's gonna step up for Tennessee and be that quarterback?
0: Well, I, I think Worley has to be the guy. I mean, Peter Peterman was awful in this game: five yards on four completions, two picks. I mean. So Worley is the guy. I mean, he's the guy you have to develop this year for Tennessee. Um, but you're right. I mean, they, def- they definitely need a recruit to come in and be able to start next year. I mean, it doesn't look they they've solved anything at quarterback so far this year.
2: But so I'll tell you this I,
1: I like seeing Butch Jones, the way he coaches on the sidelines, the way he, he's fired up, and he coached for four quarters. Regardless of the score, he's got that team's attention. Those guys never quit. The future looks bright for Tennessee, Trey. They just need that
0: quarterback to step up. I, I
1: think Butch Jones is going to do some great things in the SEC in the next few years. Actually,
0: yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see. I mean, they're going to need, to, going to need some offensive firepower for sure. I mean, they seem to have some decent receivers, um, but they're still, you know, still still missing the quarterback, signal caller. So, Tarvin, I'll move us on to our number one game. And yeah, I don't, I don't know that they're disappointed, Tarvin. I think uh, obviously early on this. It, it got dominated, but uh, Stanford, you know, went out and took care of a lot of business. A lot of people picked Arizona State to upset the Cardinal, uh, but Tarvin, they jumped all over Arizona State in the first half, and Arizona State scored 28 points all in the second half to get back in this ball game. But Tarvin, did Stanford impress you at all? Because I think you were you were not on their bandwagon. No. well, no, they didn't.
1: Honestly, I mean, they beat Arizona State team, a team that. They had to get help from the refs the week before to beat Wisconsin. I, I just see a lot of weakness when I look at Arizona State. and The number one thing I see is rushing the football. So that's a bad matchup going in. I mean, Stanford's a good front seven, and they can get pressure on the quarterbacks. But let's let's admit, Stanford did give up 367 yards passing, only 50 yards rushing. I like that. But Stanford's not ready yet to play with the Oregon Ducks right now, I'm telling you. I mean, the Oregon Ducks are for real. Stanford's still a three-loss team, in my opinion, Trey, and and they're coming. I mean, the schedule's been very easy for them. They got Arizona State at home. Uh, Arizona State played a grueling game last week. Stanford played Army and looked terrible. I'm I'm not on this bandwagon for Stanford, Trey, and looking at their schedule, and this is one of my big upset picks next weekend. You probably won't put it on your list. I don't know, but... I like Washington State to pull the upset and beat Stanford. It's going to be in Washington State there at 10 o'clock Eastern. And you look at the schedule. After that, they play Washington, a team that can get them. They go to Utah, and you saw what Utah did to BYU. They're playing UCLA at Oregon State. They're home against Oregon at Southern Cal, and then Cal at home. So, so Trey, this is not a, a Notre Dame at the end of the season, which that shouldn't be much trouble, but it's still Notre Dame. Are you are you still sold on Stanford? Do you have
0: them running the table this year? Well, I don't think I have them running the table, Tarvin. I don't. I don't know. I think we're going to know a lot about. I mean, you're right. And defensively wise, I look at that game against Arizona State, and I saw problems where, you know, in the first half, you know, I didn't see them, so it was like Arizona State made a better adjustment. But um, you know, part of that also is the fact that backups were playing in the second half, so I can't be too hard. Um, on them giving up points in the second half when they didn't have all their starters playing. But, you know, Tarvin, I mean, I, I look at Stanford, I still see a good quality football team, but you're right. They haven't figured it all out yet. I mean, the way Oregon looks right now, I don't know if any Pac-12 team can hang with them, but, you know, that's what we put them on the schedule for and play on Tarvin, so we'll have to see. Well, Paul says that Washington State's horrible. Um, I don't think they're horrible. Uh,
1: they're not a good football team, but they can they can beat some teams. Stanford on the road. I'm telling you guys, uh, I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But let's bring on the Pac-12 expert here, Jason Humphrey. Jason, how's it going, buddy?
2: Uh, Ryan, before you make that pick, Stanford will kill Washington State. It won't even be close. Okay, Pac-12 <laughs> has a lot of good teams, Arizona State, Washington State, um, a lot of good Proving the teams by Washington and UCLA. But it's Oregon and Stanford and everybody else. Um, and then you'll see that when ASU, we found that out last night. We'll find that out against um, UCLA, Washington, and Arizona State. When they go up against Oregon and Stanford, those games won't be close because you're very underplaying at Stanford and you don't think that Stanford's good, Stanford is the team oh. that could beat Oregon because they are really, really physical, and that's not going to stop.
1: Yeah, I never I never said Stanford wasn't a good team. I just said looking at that schedule, they're not as good as their ranking right now, in my opinion, and Oregon will beat these guys by three touchdowns.
2: I I hope so, but November is a long race I'm worried about Cal cuz doesn't play the best ball till whatever till the bowl game, they'll get beat. But I think Ogden has the capability of winning every game by 20 points till the bowl game. That's what I think, but if they will do it, that's that's what
1: we're going to find out. So. Well, yeah. Jason, man, uh, I appreciate you coming on. And, and Trey, I mean, Jason Humphrey keeps uh, killing us in these picks the last two weeks. I don't
0: know. If, should we disqualify him from playing? No, no. We're going to let him keep playing, Humphrey. You keep bringing it. Uh, he almost got us this week. Had you, had you not forgot to make the one pick? I don't know if it was that he forgot to make a pick, Tarvin, or he just was too scared to make it. I don't know. But uh, Humphrey, good job making your fix, buddy. You're right with us. Keep it up, buddy. He could be,
1: he could be scared, Trey. And uh, I mean, there's just so much going on right now in college football that I want to talk to you, Trey, about one thing, and that's uh, actually Nick Saban. Real quick, before we get going, a couple of topics. I don't know if you heard uh, this week that Nick Saban, the talking about contacts, and his agent was talking with Texas, actually of him coming a few years ago. And I just wanted to see your thoughts with Mac Brown struggling, if he gets fired. Do you see Nick Saban actually taking a step and going to Texas? Because I don't think he's leaving college to go to another college team. I think he's going to the NFL if he goes anywhere. But
0: I just don't see him leaving Alabama right now, do you? No, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, your agent probably talks to a lot of teams if you're Nick Saban. Uh, if for no other reason, it's to make sure that, you know, you're you're getting the most money that you can get out of Alabama. I mean, fact, if you're his agent, maybe you even get offers from Texas just so, you know, you can make more money. I mean, but there's no way. I mean, Alabama will outbid any school in the country, including Texas and USC. I don't see any reason why Nick Saban would leave any school um, like Alabama to go to another college, and this doesn't make any sense to me. Um so I mean, I just think it's a, a very low likelihood.
1: And Paul's right in the chat room. It's not about money with Nick Saban. I mean, but do you not think that, say, if Texas offered him nine million a year, ten million to come, don't you think Alabama has enough funds available to match it
0: at least? Well, I don't. I don't think they match it. I mean, you know, Texas says nine, Alabama says eleven. I mean, that's just the way it'll go.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's not about money with him. But
0: I do think there's a small chance
1: that if there's NCAA trouble, NCAA trouble with Alabama, that you can see Saban jump ship and head to the NFL. And that's if if anything comes out of this fluker situation with the agents. And, Trey, I haven't heard much
0: about this story, you know, since it all broke.
2: Well, and you know,
0: the NCAA, we'll see what they're going to do, if anything. And that's the thing. You don't, They're not guaranteeing any investigation so, you know, I don't know. I just don't, even if there's an investigation coming down and he thinks that Alabama's about to get hit hard, I, I think he's going to go to the NFL.
2: I mean, he's going to have
0: so many good teams in the NFL making him offers anyway that that's where he would go. Well, um, I don't know if you heard, but Cincinnati, uh,
1: Coach Tommy Tuberville lost an offensive lineman. He got killed in a car accident, a 19 year old flick. Uh, just some tragedy going on in Cincinnati. He wanted to hit on that. and and give our condolences to the family of the kid. I hate to hear stories like this that happen. And Trey, moving on to Texas, big win last night against Kansas State. I mean, how long does that
0: keep Mac Brown off the hot seat, if any? Is he still on the hot seat? Oh, yeah, he's still on the hot seat. I mean, good. They started off their Big 12 with a win, you know, and they can still win the Big 12, and the Big 12 is um, definitely winnable. But they have a lot of things to correct. Uh, Kansas State is a very poor football team this year, so they struggled against a very poor football team, Tarvin. And I am not sold on anything Texas right now. Well, I mean, just when I hear Mac Brown talk, I feel bad for the guy because he's a good
1: individual. He's a good man, and I think he is a man of integrity, but this looks like a guy just desperate to hang on to anything to keep his job right now, and he did the right thing. I mean, the defense gave up, what, 600, 500, 600 yards rushing, something like that. I can't remember, but I mean, he had to fire the defensive coordinator. That was the first thing. But after a while, you have to fire yourself or get fired because I just don't see it turning around. Texas did play okay last night. But, again, this is Kansas State. And this is a Kansas State team that lost the first game to an FCS school, Trey. So I don't—I wouldn't be beating my chest right now if I'm a Texas fan beating Kansas State.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, parvin no doubt.
1: Well, all right, take us to your rant, Trey. I'm interested to hear you. you. haven't been on for a week, so I'm, I'm interested to hear your rant.
0: Well, Tarvin, here's my, here is my rant for this week. Um, I was shocked by the Trent Richardson trade out of the Browns, and I I, I heard from the Browns camp that Richardson, they know, that he and Whedon never fit their offensive scheme, never fit what they wanted to do with their program. And that's all well and good, but I guess I have I have two things that, that I guess with that. One is, is why do it when they did week two of the season? Very odd time to do it uh, if you are Cleveland did it without even having a guy ready. I mean, it's one thing to to know you're going to bring in McGahee, but to then to do it after you've already traded him, McGahee had no time to really get get ready. They got lucky with a win this week, Tarvin. But ultimately what it's going to come down to is they traded away Trent Richardson, the number three overall pick in the draft, for what's going to be about a, a 15 to 25 pick. I mean, it's going to be a very low pick next year for a second first rounder. And this doesn't make any sense to me. If you've gotten, you know, a first and the third or a first and a fifth or something else, but just one first round pick, you're basically trading down two years later. It just it, it just makes no sense to me, Tarvin. I think this trade it sort of epitomizes why fans in Cleveland, you know, you know, there's a good joke if you find it on YouTube, and he calls the, the Cleveland fan outside of the stadium, and he calls it a, a factory of sadness, uh, and that's that's kind of what Cleveland is at times. It just seems like they can't come up with a strategy uh, overall. I mean, it seem to change every single year, and that's why they can't win. So. You know, for Cleveland fans, Tarvin, I was, I was sad to see Richardson go. I mean, they're best player on the team pretty much. And now they're they're talking about trading Josh Gordon, who just got back from a suspension, who had a big over 100-yard receiving game. And I hear they're taking offers for him too. And so I don't know if they're the Miami Marlins, Tarvin, but they're trading everybody. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I agree with you, Trey, on that. I'm disappointed at the trades. I think they could have gotten more. But one thing that concerns me is the Colts were trying to get Gearhart, you know, the guy at Stanford that played with Andrew Luck before Richardson. That concerns me, too. Why would they want Toby Gearhart more than Richardson? And if I'm not mistaken, you you thought Richardson was going to have a – I don't know if you said this year or maybe in the next couple of years he was going to be better than Adrian Peterson. So, I mean, it sounds like to me that Cleveland gave up way too much uh, just for the draft pick they got.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, Tarun. Completely agree with you. All right. Well,
1: to Wednesday night we're going to have a big show. The games are bigger. This week was kind of a snooze fest when you start looking at college football. The NFL entertained us, but next week's going to be all about the college football of course. And Trey you're going to give us 10 great games and just to update real quick. Chicago 27, Pittsburgh 10. 10:54 left in the third quarter. I mean, I feel bad for the Pittsburgh Steeler nation out there. These guys are about to start 0 3, just like the Giants. Trey, it's it's just not looking good for the
0: Steelers. No, no, they're not going to win this game, Tarvin, for sure.
1: All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us, and let's let's crank it up Wednesday night a little bit. I'm ready for some interesting games to talk about. Just seems like this week the games were just not as good, but. I'm sure next week we'll have a little shakeup. But, Trey, give us, your,
0: give us your early thoughts before we go on the Georgia-LSU game. Well, I, you know, it's going to come down to, I think, quarterback play for LSU. And I think it's going to come down to the defensive secondary of Georgia. I think yeah, that's going how we're going to see this game play out. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to
1: see. Just to let everybody know, Georgia is a three-point favorite in this game. Um it's going to be a dogfight. This game's going to be one to watch. So it's a CBS 330 Eastern kickoff. And I'm telling you guys, this is the game to watch. You have Alabama, Ole Miss, going to be there as well. That's going to be – everybody saying that's going to be a close game. Trey, I don't think so. I don't think Ole Miss is there yet. But we'll see. We'll see. But, but before we go, and I forgot to ask you, give us your top two Heisman's.
0: Well, I think Menzel is up there now, Tarvin. I mean, he's putting together huge numbers. So, I don't know if he's top two, but he's – you know, I'll put it this way, Tarvin. My top five has not changed from last week. i still got the same guys I had last week.
1: Well, I'm with Paul. He has Mariota, Menzel. I'm going to say that right now. Menzel has impressed me with what he's doing. I mean, you don't have to like the kid, but you have to respect what he can do on the field. Just a just an awesome, awesome performance is by – by Johnny Manziel right now. Mariota, he's looked unstoppable right now. But but we'll see. When he starts playing the better teams. straight, that will give us more of a gauge on what he can do. But I am I think Tennessee is a good defense, and I think Virginia is a, a worthy opponent to be on the road. So he's done it against some decent competition. I'm not going to say uh, he's played. He did it against some SEC defense, and Tennessee is a pretty good defense. So Mariota one, Manziel two. You have to like see Strunk right now. Bridgewater is still performing, but his schedule hurts him, Trey. Not being on national TV is going to really hurt him when we get towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's actually a good point. All right, guys, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, make sure you join us. Tell all your friends and everything. Invite them to the chat room. Uh, We'll get more conversations going right now. I know people work, and, and Sunday nights are difficult and Wednesday nights sometimes, but get them in the chat room. And, and let's have some fun. You can go to blocktalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, follow us on Block Talk Radio, go to Facebook and, and join our, our Facebook group. We have Way in Sports, and also Way Sports Talk. Go like our page on Facebook as well. And, Trey, thanks for joining us. Great to have you back. Cuervo did a good job in your absence. want to thank him for filling in again next week for or last week for us. So, Trey, we'll see you Wednesday night, buddy. Have a great week. See me.
2: Feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass I'm back in my helmet, cleats and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle, listening to the call Fans go